let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I ask that we all be prepared to receive and hear a word from you. Clear our hearts and our minds that we may be receptive to your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for sending the Holy Spirit that has already had a chance to reign and rule and have his way. But continue to come, Holy Spirit, as we prepare for the next phase of our journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is always an exciting and interesting time of the year. This is my second opportunity. Ushers, I thank you for your service. I'm getting better at that, but some days I just miss that one. This is my second chance to go off to annual conference as clergy, and this is the year that clergy women will be lifted up, so it is an exciting conference that I'm looking forward to journeying to. But I share with you the message this day that is about the message of ascension. Each year in our Christian year, the calendar moves. When Easter moves, these days come at different points. And this is the second opportunity I've had to really focus in and begin looking at the power of what it means when God ascended. So I say to you, this message has the title of blessings, but if it had to have a second title, it simply would be called the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, and, I, and I struggled somewhat with this passage, not because it was difficult, but because there is so much in these passages. When Ascension Sunday, or the day of Ascension, actually falls between two Sundays, lectionary gives us options either to preach about Ascension or preach about the seventh Sunday of Easter. And you may be saying, so what's the difference? Well, it just so happens that Ascension Day was actually May the 25th. And for the students who graduated in the class of 2006, May 25th for many high school students in this area was their own personal Ascension Day. They threw the cats in the air, they ran, they cheered, they were excited because they had reached the pinnacle of their lives. But as this teaching, preaching sermon evolves, I just want you to think about sitting at the feet of the Most High One, the anointed Lord of our lives, knowing that He is about to move into His new digs. He's on His way to heaven. Ascension Day actually is 40 days after Easter Sunday and then 10 days after Ascension Day is Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday will be Pentecost, and Pentecost was a moment where the whole world seemed to be on fire. For it's about the story where Christians come to know just what just happened, just what it means to have a risen Savior, just what it means to know that God did fulfill the promises through the birth and life of Jesus Christ and the resurrection that was promised had occurred. Anybody need a blessing? Anybody need a little resurrection in their lives? Anybody need a little change and movement such that God has promised something and you know you're right on the horizon? 
Well, you see, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. It's something we say as we celebrate communion every month. But do you believe it? Is it alive in your heart? Do you see it moving in your life? Is your life a life of witness? Or is your life a life of worry? But you see, if you're moving and you're really walking by faith and not by sight, it's not that you never worry, but you worry less. It's not that you don't have the human side that sometimes say, oh my goodness gracious, but you don't say it. Maybe ten years ago, you worried for a month. You let them all worry what is going around. I'm worried, I'm worried, but I'm not, I'm worried, I'm worried. But now, something has happened in your life. You understand that God died. Jesus died on the cross, was risen, but he ascended into heaven and sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he did it for you and for me. That's good news. That's good news every day, 365, 24-7, every heavenly day, God has blessed you. And I have to say to Mr. Sonny, it's got to be good for 101 years. Just when you get to know it, it is down in your spirit, and something it just raises up, it'll make you ascend into something brand new. For you see, God is in the blessing business. God is in the renewing business. God is in the powerful anointing business. And that was the commercial. For you see, these two passages that were read were written unto a gentleman named Theophilus. Many of you may not have researched the finest of details, but I come to you to share with you the fact that the book of Luke and the Acts passages from the Bible were directed and dedicated to a person named Theophilus. A little preaching and teaching, a little history, a little information in the background. Theophilus means lover of God. And the history books say that he was probably a Roman soldier, one of dedicated and high stature. He was a Christian in a world that wasn't yet solidly grounded in loving Jesus Christ. He was a cutting-edge kind of guy. For you see, he was a soldier in an army that had been given the job of persecuting, beating, and killing Jesus Christ. They also say that the word alone, especially in the book, in the beginning of the chapter 1 of Luke, applies that he was a most excellent servant. And Paul addressed both Felix and Theestus the same way. For you see, Felix and the other gentlemen, Theestus, were important people, so the word excellence is worth noting. And Theophilus was considered a man of great rank. Even though all of our names are Theophilus, and some of us know a person right here in this body very well, and his name is Theophilus, God knew that he needed to speak to all people. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. 
Because it's through this experience, see, a Roman soldier was a Gentile. And this passage brings together the knowledge that Jesus wanted all to be saved. Why is that good news? Because if you go back from generation to generation to generation and you find where you came into the picture, where you came into the story, had he not touched the opposite and opened the door through the book of Acts, had he not spoke to Paul and told Paul to speak and deal with the fact that he said, you will tell Cornelius who I am. Had that not occurred, we might not have gotten the word. You know what it's like to miss the word. You know what it's like to miss the ascension. You know what it's like to miss it and see it and replay because the 21st century allows us to see that. But in the first century, in the book of Acts, they saw the promise unfold. Well, you see, they didn't get it on the rerun. They didn't get it after the fact. They got it right up front. Blessings. Do you want them up front? Do you want them often? Do you want them because God said so? Do you just want them just because? The reality is we are those persons generations beyond. But you see, the book of Acts highlights how important that a promise was made. Anybody ever know that God makes promises to keep them? God makes promises to fulfill them? God makes promises that we would be able to walk by faith and not by sight and receive what he said he would do. When Jesus talked to the disciples for the last time in the final discourse, he tells them that he's going away, but he will send a spirit, a Holy Spirit, that will reign and rule and love upon us and comfort us. And in the book of Acts, he reminds us so gently. And he simply says, this, is what you have heard from me. John was baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's a hallelujah moment. Well, you see on this Ascension Sunday, when we are reminded that Jesus rose and ascended into heaven and sent him on the right as he rose, ten days later, the Holy Spirit came upon us. That is the importance of what will occur over the next few days. The highest level of Pentecost will come down upon us and remind us that the Holy Spirit is here. Right now, reigning and offering us comfort in this troubled world. Have you ever been on your job and something good happens out of nowhere? The person who has literally tried to keep you from getting a promotion, suddenly gets transferred. Suddenly. All of a sudden, they are no longer in your department. 
and the little thought in your mind says, go God. You got that God. Hallelujah, God. Or you have a child that has been having a tough year. Can't remember anything. Can't turn their homework in. Can't seem to get anything done. And all of a sudden, they're the eighth student of the class. Getting all kind of awards. Transformation. You just know that the Holy Spirit is praying on down for that child is trying. You may not walk the way you used to walk. You may not talk the way you used to talk. You may not look the way you used to walk. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a blessing of power. It is a blessing of comfort. As Jesus ascended, the book of Acts reminds us that there were some men, angels standing around, trying to figure out why you still looking this way. For he has risen and gone into heaven. But the blessing is because he's there doesn't allow us to miss what he has for us. Well, you see, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just when you think it's tough and Jesus doesn't seem to be around, no longer physically here on earth, he says, you will love my people. You will care for your neighbors. You will receive my grace and in comfort. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. That's good news. On this Ascension Sunday, that's real good news. The timing couldn't be any better. But you see, when our children graduated, God was already in heaven. Jesus had already ascended. We were just celebrating the moment and the time and the season to uplift it. But it's amazing how God's timing is awesome. But you see, He knows the plans He has for our lives. He knew this day would come, just how it would be situated. We didn't figure it out. He is the power source, and we are receiving his blessing. When I looked up what ascension was about and looked at some of the tools and read about some of the feasts and things, why we do what we do, it talks about the point that this was the sojourn. The movement, the earthly movement of Jesus from this place into heaven. Why does that mean anything to us? Because it was because of that fulfillment that we have the Holy Spirit now. I'll make you laugh. Growing up, I had a Pentecostal godmother. And I really thought the Holy Spirit was only at one location. I didn't go to any other Pentecostal churches. I only went to this Pentecostal church she belonged to. And every time, they would always start with, the Holy Spirit is always here. The Holy Spirit is already coming. The Holy Spirit is having his way. And I belonged to the Methodist church. And they didn't seem to talk to the Holy Spirit much at all. And I was a little confused. So I thought we went to my godmother's church to get in touch with the Holy Spirit. We went to my neighbor's church to hear the really good Baptist singing. And we went somewhere else and it was just so confusing to me because I felt like the Pentecostals must have really had a hook on this Holy Spirit. But I was always 
because they'd get to a point in the service and praise would be so high and people would just start falling out all by themselves. Whatever that is, I'm Methodist. It's a little different for me. But in my trials and tribulations, I found the Holy Spirit come just like you need them. It ain't always all of that action. But he'll whisper up on you. He'll come in the middle of the night. to tap you on your shoulder. I got this. I got this. He'll come down and move things out of the way. Take situations and say, take your hands off of it. I got this. Holy Spirit is awesome. Holy Spirit is a gift from God. So I say to you this morning, do you want the blessings from the power source? If you do, just travel over and read the passage again in Luke. Luke 24, 45-49 is simply the capsule of a powerful message. It tells us that we need to have a good mind that is opened by Jesus. It tells us that we have to read his word for the understanding. What you read when you were 21 was the same Bible, but your life experience, your reason, and your ability to see God differently at 45 doesn't mean the scripture changed, but God has changed you. Your mind is broader now because at 21 you know it all. You just getting out your mama and daddy hat. Just. And you know everything. But God says, walk with me. Talk with me. Live a little longer. Experience a few things. Fall down and let me make you stand back up. And you will see and know that I am God. And if they talk to me in the middle of the night, read and study yourself approved. For I gave you the mind. And then he goes on to explain that God said, not only do you have to have a good mind, don't mean you have to be a perfect reader, don't mean you have to spell everything, but he asked that he venture into your soul that you would begin comprehending. Not only do you read it, but you feel it. For you see, it is ability to read and understand that the Messiah did suffer. The first time I really put my hands around the passion store wasn't when the movie came out, but was because of my own suffering. I was able to say, he can suffer and die and leave for my life. Yes. Surely, yes. surely, yes. I can press on and persevere. He said, I got this. But when I realized just what the scripture says. Just how deep his suffering was. Just how deep his pain was. He was human, but yet divine. He was holy, but yet still felt the pain. He died, he bled, and he rose. And then after we understand that he gives us a good mind, he calls us into a relationship that calls us to think and let us know that you can gather this, you can get this, you can comprehend this. He 
he says, proclaim my repentance. Forgive. Confess. And he doesn't say it's just for Miss Joyce Mim or Miss Bernice or picks out people. He say all nations. A-L-L. All the nations beginning first with Jerusalem. Why is that important in the 21st century? Because there's so much war in that part of the world. But don't look across the street at the war and say, oh, war is over there. There's war right here. AIDS is bearing down upon our community. Economic issues are bearing down on our community. Hatred and devastation is bearing down on our city. War is right here. So if this is Jerusalem in a spiritual realm, forgive and receive the repentance of the Most High God. And then finally, be a witness. Everywhere we go, somebody ought to know you love Jesus. You don't have to say that. You don't have to walk around and make something different about that this morning. Be a witness for Jesus Christ. Walk by faith, not by sight. Be a witness at the headroom. Be a witness at the H-E-B. Be a witness at the Walmart. Be a choir witness on your job. Don't get fired. But talk about Jesus. Pray without ceasing. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to say that your spirit ought to reign and know that God is in you. Your children ought to see a new person. You ought to know, and they ought to know something different. Everybody ought to be able to witness. And we all have to witness to the same people. Because you and I don't know the same drug addict. And I ain't taking on drug addicts. You and I don't know the same person who's strung out on the corner. You and I don't know the same people that need to know that God is a good God. You and I don't know the same folks. But you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus loves Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a cousin. Maybe it's an old neighbor. Maybe it's the guy up the street or the girl up the street or somebody at the corner, somebody at the shelter. Or maybe it's even you. Maybe something in your life has said, you know what, God, I'm about headed. Maybe you've had one too many flat tops. Maybe one too many bill collectors is calling your name. Maybe you say, you know, I, I've tried this Jesus thing. Man, I just can't seem to get it together yet. It's a lifestyle. Learning to lean and depend on God is like going back to driver's ed. When the teacher first gets the steering wheel and says, now you turn this way. 
you can't put your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. That switch will make the car reverse. And he said, just for a minute, let me drive. Watch me. Are you ready for the promises of God? Are you ready for the openness of God? Are you ready for the witness of God? Are you ready for the experience of God? Are you ready for the repentance in your heart so you can receive God's love over and over and over until your cup runneth over? I say to you this morning, the last time I paid real hard attention to this particular passage, was October the 3rd, actually it was October the 2nd, 2005. I had an opportunity to preach to the linemen, and my sermon title was simply Turn the Power On. I had never been so humbled to be in a city that had no power. But God's power was here. The Holy Spirit was here. Even though there wasn't a stitch of electricity flowing through the line. I could feel it. After I finished preaching, I remember Miss Tina Tyler was with me. And we drove around. And I said, let's go to Miss Bernice Moore's house. And we drove to Miss Moore's house. And I don't know what she was doing in the shelter. But when we called, I said, you would be surprised where we are. We sitting in front of your house. She said, oh, no. I said, yeah. Any trees down? I said, no. Anything broken? Not that I could see. And it was so funny. The police officer drove up and said, excuse me, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> I couldn't tell him that I had just did a message over at Carl Parker because I was way away from Carl Parker. I said, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister in town. And he came and gave me his look like, yeah, right. <laughs> Do you live here, he said. I said, oh, no, sir. But I have to tell somebody right now how good God has blessed us. So I close this message simply with, I know we're all family. I know a lot has gone on in this year. But look back over your life. You can't count the blessings. You can't count everything that God has done. You can't count what He's getting ready to do. But I will say this to you. If you don't really depend on it, depend and confess and walk forward by faith and not by sight. And love the love of the Holy Spirit. You're going to miss some blessings. I pray that I'll see you next week on Pentecost Sunday. I know that God is getting ready to do something mighty here on this corner. And it's all about His blessing. May the Lord and peace of God reign and rule and go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh.